Well, eight more games in the books in this 2022 NCAA tournament, and we know certain things. Gonzaga came in as the number one overall seed, and they played like it on Saturday night. They had to against my alma mater, the Memphis Tigers. They survived and move on. How about tiny St. Peter's College out of New Jersey? They're in the Sweet 16 with another upset, this time of Murray State. They fill in the gaps with the powerhouses like North Carolina and UCLA also winning games on a Saturday. Welcome back in. It's the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is college basketball coast to coast. I am the somewhat capable host. I'm not too dejected. After all, my Memphis Tigers were basically playing with house money down the stretch of the season, just making it into the NCAA tournament, then winning an opening round game with Boise State. And yes, they went toe to toe with Gonzaga. But in the end, Gonzaga was too good. Anyway, however you found us, whether you found us through a social media link, uh, however you found the show through TuneIn and our channel, College Basketball Coast to Coast, with the show streaming on TuneIn, make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. You can find us on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Coming up straight ahead, Jason Powers with me from the Powers on Sports Podcast. Love his basketball uh, wisdom and insight. He'll give me some more on Gonzaga's win Saturday night over Memphis. We're going to talk about the the day, the day that included North Carolina blowing a 25-point lead to Baylor, then coming back and winning in overtime. Impressive showing by Providence on Saturday. UCLA looked good. Michigan looked good. We'll discuss all of it with Jason, and then we'll preview Sunday a little bit with him. Then also on the program, Tyler Jones. We love Tyler's insight. He was in the arena in Fort Worth, Texas, where number one seeded Baylor went down from the East Regional to North Carolina. Then his Kansas Jayhawks, also a one seed, get the win over Creighton. It was hard fought, but Kansas is in the Sweet 16. Hear Tyler Jones talk all about that coming up with us right here. So we've got plenty to get to. Eight more games coming today with the likes of Purdue and Villanova and Arizona all in action. We're going to recap Saturday some, talk some about Sunday as well. Let's do it right now. Yes, some more insight and analysis on Saturday and heading into the Sunday games. Eight more of them to narrow us down to a sweet 16. And we get the chance right now to talk with a guy that mans the Powers on Sports podcast. My Tampa Bay area brother from another mother is Jason Powers. Always love his insight, his takes on the NCAA tournament. He is back aboard with me. And full disclosure here as we come your way on college basketball coast to coast, I'm doing this right after the Memphis defeat at the hands of the top-seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs. So I'm a little beat down. I'm a little down in the mouth. Although I will say this. I mean, the Memphis played very hard and okay. played well for a lot of that game. So, Jason Powers, welcome in. Uh, this is kind of like group therapy. You're here with me uh, <laughs> after the after the Memphis loss. What, what are your thoughts on what you saw? It's a great game. I mean, you, you can't blame Memphis one bit for, lo- for losing – um, you know, Penny had his guys ready to play, give him full credit, give Gonzaga full credit. Their backs were up against the wall. They were getting dominated physically in the first half. Great uh, adjustments at the half. You saw the, if you saw some of the post game, Timmy was very animated with his teammates in at the half. And he dominated that first 10, 12 minutes of that second half, you know, and, and give again, give Memphis credit. You thought they were going to get blown out there with about eight minutes to go. And they got back in the game and got it back to a two point game with about three minutes to go. So give your Memphis Tigers full credit. They deserve a lot of credit. They were up 10 at halftime, and Gonzaga's been behind in the first half before and come back to win some games. 
Uh, I, I, you know, the, Timmy went crazy at the beginning of the second half that, that got them back in the game on the big scoring run. But Andrew Nimhard, the former Nimhard. Florida Gator, the transfer, yep. he, he played very well in the postseason last year for Gonzaga. Man, did he show up. Uh, not only dribble penetration, big threes, big free throws, that kid enormous. Uh, my, my line is Memphis just, if they weren't making money already, they just made Drew Timmy a lottery pick and probably solidified Andrew Nemhard as a top 15, if not a lottery pick. We were very benevolent, the Tigers, tonight in helping out the pro careers of those two guys. Yeah, I mean, but again, give them credit. They made shots. I mean, Memphis played well. They didn't turn the ball over a ton, a little bit. They're in the second half. But remember, folks, this was basically a Gonzaga home game in Portland. That place was probably 95% Gonzaga tonight. And so for them to Memphis to play as well as he did, the only complaint I would have about your Memphis Tigers, don't be afraid to call a timeout, Penny Hardaway. <laughs> you don't need to save them all to the last 30 seconds of the game. I, you look, call a timeout. I was in school with Penny. Uh, when uh, when he was there in the early 90s uh, and, and ascended, obviously, to the All-American status and then the uh, Orlando Magic draft pick status and All-NBA and all of that. But I, most preschoolers can count one, two, three, four on how many timeouts. He had three timeouts left in the final 15 seconds of the game, it yes. seemed like. So it was strange when they were tired and Steve Lapis on the TV, the coach, the former Villanova coach and UMass coach was saying, you got to take a time out here. You got three of them left. Uh, that it was very strange that he held on to those. I don't know that it would have made that much difference, but uh, they made a three to be down 76, 73. He doesn't take right. a timeout when three right. of them left. It was right. kind of crazy at the end. Give, uh, give Gonzaga though, the most credit for the way that they played again, uh, over, I think I saw this over 75% of the brackets in the ESPN contest, the CBS sports.com contest have Gonzaga. So most of America was rooting against my yeah. alma mater because right. Gonzaga is the overwhelming pick to win it all. Uh, we'll see what happens there. And now they will get an Arkansas team that, that fought in a rock fight, low scoring game. And once again, won a close Ugly. ball game Ugly. against New Mexico state, uh, making the plays, making the free throws. So we get a Gonzaga, New Mexico State. Quick thought, uh, Jason Powers on that, an SEC powerhouse. We'll get a crack at him now coming up. I think I think Gonzaga will hammer Arkansas. Arkansas cannot score. And Gonzaga's going to score 75 no matter who they play, I think. I don't think Arkansas can score. They, I mean, they were very fortunate to get out, get out of that game tonight against New Mexico State alive. Note played terrible in the second half. Their point guard. They just can't score. They're not shot makers. They play out of control. They're good defensively, but Gonzaga, I think, will just run them out of the gym as far as scoring points. We will find out. Definitely contrast in that. That's where it was different uh, in terms of Memphis with the length, the athleticism, wanting to go up yep. and down the floor in that game. Uh, it will be different against Arkansas coming up. All right, as we talk with Jason Powers, Powers on Sports Podcast, find him at JPO Sports. He's always cool to hang with me on college basketball, coast-to-coast, -coast, late night, Saturday night, into Sunday morning. We're kind of recapping Saturday, and then we're going to look ahead real quick to the Sunday games uh, as well. How about Carolina? Uh, that began the day. Quick thoughts Jeez. on that. What a ball game up by 25 in the second half and blow the lead 
only to come uh, back and just uh, completely outplay Baylor in the overtime when yep. they had to have it. Quick take, please. No, I just this that whole game swung when Manic threw the elbow. You know, I mean, and he's a he play he's been playing tremendous for them. They couldn't get the ball in bounds. They could barely get the ball past half court. And I was shocked that they won that game in overtime. I thought when Baylor got that game to overtime, they would win and give again give Carolina credit. They made a couple of their reserve guys made a couple of big shots early in overtime, and, and Baylor just kind of ran out of gas there late. Yeah, and uh, and Baycott again in the middle is a force uh, again with Manic making shots. They've got a couple of other guys that can make shots. North Carolina has come to life. Uh, that is for sure. Kansas survived on that same floor in Fort Worth. They move yep. on to the Sweet 16, where we know they're playing Providence, who just uh, absolutely Destroyed. just Richmond. They may have been the most impressive team yes. overall on Saturday, right? Real quick. Everybody Providence. had everybody had Providence losing to South Dakota, Dakota State in the first round. Everybody. So get, Ed Cooley, they shot the lights out tonight against Richmond. They thoroughly dominated Richmond. That game was I, over. I know. 10 minutes in. Sure, and I know people are saying, well, wait a minute, what about UCLA and how good they looked in the second half against St. Mary's? And what about yeah. Michigan and how good they looked for 40 yes. minutes and in the second half against Tennessee? Maybe Michigan more impressive in upsetting a red-hot Tennessee yep. team and knocking them out with Michigan being an 11 seed, Jason. No, Powell. you're right. Dickinson in the middle. Their point guard got hurt today again. Didn't play most of that game, so they played with a backup point guard. That Diabate kid, Dickinson in the middle, very, very tough. And if, if they can get some points, some production out of their small forward shooting guards, they'll be dangerous. All right, and we haven't uh, – we, we've neglected them too long. We haven't talked about St. Peter's. Arguably yeah. the story of the tournament. They've become yeah. the second-ever 15 seed to win two games in the same tournament. They joined Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast, of Andy Enfield about uh, eight, nine years ago that won two games. St. Peter's beats Murray State, and really they were the better team throughout that game, led the entire way. Murray State had a 21-game win streak uh, with the outstanding shooters. St. Peter's deserves a lot of credit. Uh, Nadefo in the middle ends up with a 17.10 rebound game, and I know you love Doug Edert. (laughs) Uh, the outside shooter who's got the the, 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 the wonky New Jersey hair and kind of mustache going. Uh, give, give these little tiny school oh. in New Jersey, give them a lot of credit. They're still alive, Jason. Shaheen Holloway, the guy that played at Seton Hall back in the days, the coach. You know, you've heard stories about how previous years their third assistant, the only reason they had a, a third assistant on the staff was because he had a retirement from, a, from, a, from an Air Force retirement. He could afford to do it. So just – that is your quintessential Hoosiers story. Hoosiers, Hoosiers, Hoosiers story. Uh, and and Holloway's going to get paid. I mean, St. Peter's can't pay him, but somebody's going to pay him, whether it's his alma mater, Seton Hall. just opened up where he played at. Yeah, and so Seton Hall may be hiring him, and he may be about to be there, and he's done a quality job as the coach. They, they KO Kentucky in a monster yep. loss, and now they're in the Sweet 16. We will find out. Let's segue, Jason Powers. We will find out if they're playing Purdue or Texas uh, coming yes. up in the East Regional that will be in Philadelphia. Give me a thought on uh, on that real quick. That's, on what do you think? That, that's a huge that's a huge game in my opinion tomorrow because the winner of that game could get out of that region. That that region's wide open now with Kentucky gone, with Baylor gone. So that that game to me, a lot of people like Purdue. I got Purdue going to the Final Four in my bracket. I think that's a this is a golden opportunity for Purdue to break the to break the hex of not being able to get to a Final Four. So if they can get by Texas, I love Purdue's chances. Jaime Jaquez got hurt 
for UCLA, so we don't know his status against Carolina. I think you're looking at a potentially a Carolina-Purdue regional final here in mm. Philly. Maybe. Uh, a couple more moments left here. What else from Sunday? I know we've got an Ohio State-Villanova game that will have a lot of intrigue. Um, I, you know, Houston, I think Illinois. Houston and Illinois, fascinating like, as well. Give me a thought. It, it is. I like the toughness of Houston. You got Kelvin Sampson, gutty performance by Illinois. They were winning. They were only beating Chattanooga for 25 seconds the other night. They the won most the game. important 25 seconds. The yes. last 25 seconds yes. to hang on and I, win the again, game. I think. I think it's going to be a great game. If you're a, if you're a gambler out there, Illinois getting four and a half points tomorrow. I like Illinois in the four and a half. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Villanova, Ohio State will be good. And then also Michigan State, Duke. Let's yeah. talk about that for a minute. I, I was touching on this on the Saturday show with Ari Russell, our colleague. We yeah. don't know, but this could be it for Coach K if they don't win. And it's another Hall of Fame coach, Tom Izzo, going against him. Kind of a home away from home for Duke in Greenville, South Carolina. They'll have the building with Duke fans, et cetera. What a... What a battle of Titan programs and coaching names here in this one for somebody to go to the Sweet 16. Quick, quick uh, thought. Do you think the committee didn't did this on purpose? Of course Mr. they Reeves? did. <laughs> of course again, they did. That game, that game will be at seven o'clock in prime time tomorrow on CBS. Nance, Rafter, and Grant Hill there. Uh -huh. Classic matchup. I think Duke's the better team. I think this year clearly, but Michigan State always is able to do, do uh, you know, create some matchup problems physicality-wise with Duke, but I think Duke will find a way to get through. All right, again, they will head into the Sweet 16 to get the winner of Texas Tech and Notre Dame that we talked about uh, earlier. How we'll about see Notre what Dame? happens in that. Notre Dame How deserves Notre Dame? A, They deserve a lot of credit, and, and we don't want to leave out Arizona, the one seed, playing TCU. That's in San Diego. Even though it's a South Regional, that's in yep. San Diego uh, for that one. Miami-Auburn. And also Wisconsin, Iowa State are the other yeah. matchups for Sunday. My friend, are we ready for eight more games on Sunday? And then we will know who the Sweet 16 are by about 11 p.m. midnight, Sunday night, Eastern time, something like that. You ready to go? You ready to go? Brother Reeves, sleep well tonight. I know you're gonna, I know you're <laughs> I know you're had a tough night tonight. Your guys, in all seriousness, your guys played really well. And I know you know that, but sure. uh and it, and it would have been it would have been great if if they'd have played better and they wouldn't have been a nine seed. They should have pr probably been a three or four. Yeah, seed. but you know it should have, could have, would have. Don't lose those games that they lost earlier in the year to the likes of Georgia and East yep. Carolina, and it put yep. them where they were. But they were valiant. And Penny Hardaway was right. He shut a lot of people up that when his team got healthier with DeAndre Williams, with Landers Nolly, and he had his full complement of players, they would be a different team. They were a different team down the stretch of the season, but Gonzaga was just better on Saturday night, and they move on. Jason Powers, thank you. We look forward to talking with you more on college basketball coast to coast. Late night, baby. Late night. See you on Sunday, fans. A reminder, however you found us and wherever you found us, whether it's TuneIn, streaming on the College Basketball Coast to Coast channel, whether it's through the podcast, again, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, College Basketball Coast to Coast, follow us and subscribe. Take advantage of one of our sponsors, that is Ticket Smarter, and the upcoming uh, first four games in Dayton, as you're hearing us on Tuesday and Wednesday, use Ticket Smarter, and they're 100% guarantee for your ticket purchase through Ticket Smarter and use our promo code COAST22 to take $10 off your order every time you use it. And whether you're going to the
these uh, first round tournament games, first and second round tournament games in Buffalo, uh, whether it's the ones uh, somewhere else like Portland or any of the other tournament games that are happening in, in Pittsburgh or Greenville, South Carolina, or on and on down the list uh, for all of these different matchups in Indianapolis. Ticket Smarter's mobile app, TicketSmarter.com or the mobile app. Put our promo code COAST22 in there. You'll save $10 off your order. Your satisfaction is guaranteed, 100% guarantee on your purchase. 10 bucks off every time you use it with the promo code COAST22. Think smarter, it's Ticket Smarter. Yes, indeed. My man, Tyler Jones, uh, has been fantastic. First of all, a week ago at this time, he and I were working the Conference USA title game in Frisco, Texas at Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys star practice facility. We had a uh, we had a great time doing that uh, as UAB won the Conference USA championship. Of course, UAB beaten by Houston in the opening round in their Friday matchup. Now, Tyler is like traversing the entire Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now on this weekend, he's not north of Dallas in Frisco. He is way west of Dallas in Fort Worth for what has happened on Saturday with the two number one seeds, one of them Baylor going down to North Carolina, the other one, his Kansas Jayhawks surviving, and Tyler Jones back aboard on college basketball coast to coast. You've only been in the Dallas market working and living for like two weeks. You're now an expert on the whole Metroplex, on all of it, my friend. I've learned how to get around here already, get an eye for everything at this point. Still got a lot more to see, but – Certainly uh, enjoyed my time here, and what a day it was on Saturday with uh, UNC taking down Baylor and then Kansas holding on to be great and to take care of business in both those games, TJ. And, you know, I think that if you were a fan that purchased that session ticket for today, you're pretty <laughs> pleased with getting your money's worth with those two games back-to-back. Well said on that, my man. All right, so what was it like in the arena during the Baylor comeback? The first thing that happens is the the manic elbow uh, hits the Baylor player, and, and it sparks figuratively a Baylor comeback down 25. What was it like in the Dickies arena? We were watching on TV. You were there. So the arena was about half full for the first half of the Baylor-UNC game, but as the second half went on, and the Kansas fans were starting to pile in. Uh, they, they showed up and started rooting out Baylor, their fellow Big 12 member, both of them sticking around in the new Big 12. And so what was, you know, a slight home court advantage for Baylor turned into a Baylor home game in the second half to kind of fuel that run of some sorts. But, you know, I, I look at that Maddox call, and you, you look at what happened there. He was the best player on the floor at the time of when that went down and you know there was some controversy with that as well and I know that Baylor went to the full court press and such but UNC I think was just a different team without Brady Maddock on the court if if Brady Maddock doesn't get that ejection TJ I think we're talking about a completely different second half I think UNC probably would have won this game by double digits if he would have played that second half when he was ejected they were up by 25 yeah, and, and I will go a step further. You're being tame. That's horrible on a flagrant two to throw somebody out of the game because I think he was trying to block out. I think the elbow was high, but that's why you have the distinction on flagrant one or on something like intent to injure or a purposeful act. That's not what that was, and, and you're right. 
Uh, he goes out of the game. Baylor catches fire. Full credit to North Carolina. Just one more time real quick, and then we'll move on to your Jayhawks. They they could have folded in the overtime. They were the better team in the overtime to move on now uh, into the Sweet 16. Yeah, uh, they looked like the team that we saw a couple weeks ago when they went into Cameron Indoor and beat Duke. Hubert Davis in this team, you know, they got off to a slow start this year, but they've really started – started to figure things out here in the last couple of weeks. A lot of credit is a due there, but I got to say, you know, along the lines of that call and then what happened in that, that Kansas game and what we've seen throughout the last couple of days, officiating has just been atrocious. I mean, just across the board, it has been bad. And, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, officiating is intentionally, you know, one side one way or the other. I don't, that's not necessarily it. The issue is it's just bad calls that are going on here. Um, it's, it's not, I'm not seeing uh, situations where it's one sided. It's just not being called consistently. It's being called poorly on both sides. It's, it's not right. corrupt. It's, as I like to say, it's not corrupt. It's incompetent. There's a difference there right. on that, on that Tyler Jones with me, college basketball, coast to coast. I bow to this man because again, he was my chauffeur. He was my go-to guy when I was in Dallas last weekend. So the, uh, the two regionals have played out in the opening round and the second round at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Fort Worth, Texas. And Tyler has been right there uh, on top of it for us on college basketball, coast to coast. Again, you can follow him at Tyler Jones live on social media, on Twitter to find him there. The Jones report is the podcast breaking it down. All right. You've been a good sport because I've waited several minutes to say rock chalk Jayhawk, not easy against Creighton, but they found a way to put that game away. Um, again, I know you are slanted towards the Jayhawks, but they did it <laughs> when they had to do it at the end of this game. Tell me more. Yeah, the way I look at it this way, TJ, is that Creighton played about as good as they possibly could have. They shot lights out. They were on fire, and they were clicking on all cylinders at all five positions. And yet Kansas still found a way to win this game. That's what good teams do. What they do is find ways to win when their opponent is laying everything out on the line. And that's what I took away from this game here. And, and Bill Self coached a heck of a game here. The way that he was able to adjust throughout. You go to the start of the first half. Kansas comes out a little slow. Immediately, he brings in Remy Martin and Mitch Lightfoot to provide a spark. And Remy Martin did just that with a career-high 20 points. His best game that he's had as a Jayhawk so far from the former Pac-12 player of the year at Arizona State. He was terrific. Then Ochai Abaji went through that entire first half, the All-American, without a field goal made, and he turns around in the second half, and he was so much better, and he kept on shooting. He shot his way out of his struggles, and defensively, although they didn't play great defense throughout most of this game, they made the necessary stops they needed to towards the end, I'll take that. You know, every game in the NCAA tournament is not going to go pretty for you. Uh, these paths to winning a national championship, it's very rare that you have a situation like Baylor did last year where they won every game by double digits. Uh, you know, this was a good test, I think, for this Kansas team. Creighton was shorthanded. I get that, but I'm not worried. Uh, I come away from this game, I think, if you're a Kansas fan, feeling pretty good knowing – what Creighton did and the adjustments that Bill Self made to work through it and find a way to win here. Fantastic coach. There's no doubt, not just in the Big 12, but in the NCAA tournament. 
Uh, and Providence, by the way, has destroyed Richmond on Saturday night in their second round game. So the Big East regular season champs who won the most Big East games in their history uh, this season has dispatched both South Dakota State and then Richmond, the team that that ran through that A-10 uh, with a great run just to make the NCAA tournament. And then R- Richmond really clamped down on Iowa and beat them. Boy, Providence dump trucked them Saturday night. So uh, Tyler, just give me a first blush here that they will move to Chicago, Kansas, and Providence to play each other coming, if I have it correct, on Thursday night. Any, any uh, quick thought here on that matchup? Well, Providence has had their best year they've had in a very long time. And so you're, you're coming in with a, a team that's hungry, that you know that has had a lot of momentum this year, their best team that they've had in a while. Um, that's what stands out to me uh, from this Kansas front, that you know you're taking on a team that has been consistent all year, that this four seed is about as good as it gets for Providence, essentially. So should be a fun matchup on uh, Thursday night. Looking forward to seeing what uh, what Kansas can put together and hopefully uh, get things done and get back to business here uh, this week. Uh, Bill Self, you know, his, his teams hardly ever lose Sweet 16 games. We, we talk about them getting eliminated, you know, in the second round or the Elite Eight from time to time. When he has that whole week to prepare, he does mm-hmm. a really good job. So I think that they'll come in prepared and, and uh, ready to go. And Raymond Martin's going to need to be uh, effective again. He's been on a run, a roll since the Big 12 tournament. Bill Self said that he thinks that this Kansas team, their best basketball, is still in front of them at this point. So we'll see what happens. We'll see about that for the Big 12 champs. A couple of more moments with Tyler Jones. Tyler, by the way, now with Chat Sports in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Love his insight. Go check out Chat Sports through YouTube, their social media channels. You'll see Tyler all over that, in particular with NFL coverage. But we love leaning on him, college basketball, coast-to-coast here as we go all the way through the NCAA tournament and the Final Four, whether you're finding us on podcast, on the TuneIn channel, top and bottom of the hour, streaming on TuneIn, under the channel, college basketball, coast to coast. Thank you for doing so. So let's look ahead to Sunday. Speaking of the Big 12, I want to get a quick opinion from you uh, for the matchup that's actually in San Diego, Texas Tech, Notre Dame. Notre Dame impressed the daylights out of me. Prove me wrong. I thought they would have no legs left, Tyler, against Alabama in the second half after having to play late night Wednesday night in the first four and then get all the way out to San Diego and play in the afternoon Friday against an Alabama team that was resting and waiting on them. And yet they look like the better team the whole second half. They had fresh legs. Now Texas Tech, who was tremendous beginning to end of the opening round game with uh, with Montana State. Texas Tech, who was very good in the Big 12. Mark Adams, the first-year coach, the former assistant, has stepped in. They haven't missed a beat. All right, size that matchup up. You you have a lot of familiarity with the Big 12. What about Red Raiders, Notre Dame coming in the West Regional Sunday? Well, you have a Notre Dame team that obviously can score, right? You saw what they did uh, in that first four game and the way that they followed that up. Uh, and Texas Tech, the best defensive team in college basketball, great offense versus great defense. Something's got to give. So uh, very intrigued to see what uh, Mark Adams and company could put together uh, you know, and, and as far as the Big 12 goes, too, you know, you lose your, your co-champion and Baylor in the first round. Kansas hangs on uh, to beat Creighton there. Uh, a very interesting test to see exactly, you know, how the, the strength of the Big 12 here in, in this type of game when you go up against a Notre Dame team that 
barely found their way in the tournament, uh, you know, here at this point. So Texas Tech, uh, you know, they got all the way to the Big 12 tournament final last week, and they've had a, a, a very good year. Um, you know, the, the guys that lead the way for them, you know, Shannon's been really good. Uh, O'Banner's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder, though, you know, their offensive firepower, if it's going to be enough. We know that they're going to slow down Notre Dame to an extent, but how can their offense keep up with Notre Dame points-wise? Uh, that's what I'm intrigued to watch for as far as that goes. And around that same time, Wisconsin-Iowa State going on on Sunday around 5 Central time, 6 Eastern time in Milwaukee, and then TCU, who was also very impressive in uh, in San Diego, even though it's a different bracket, it's a different South Regional TCU-Arizona is the last game Sunday night, 6 Pacific time, eight, uh, 6.40 Pacific time, 8.40 Central time is TCU and Arizona in San Diego. We'll see how those Big 12 teams do. We know Kansas alive for the Sweet 16. We'll see who else can join them and get in there in the mix. Tyler, plug away on how we find you on social media, the podcast, all of it. I always love having you here. Fire away on how else they find you and hear you. On Twitter, at Sondler Jones Live, the easiest way to find me there. Also on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we'll have a new Jones report coming out next week. So certainly look forward to that. And I uh, appreciate you having me on. As always, TJ, we had a great time last week at the uh, CUSA title game. And uh, looking forward to uh, how things shape out here the uh, rest of the way. It only gets better, more dramatic, and more exciting. My man is all over it. He was right there for the Baylor upset loss. One number one seed is gone. His Kansas number one seed is moving on. And we thank Tyler for the insight and the help on uh, everything Saturday and looking ahead to Sunday. Tyler, thank you, brother. First shot. Thanks, TJ. And there we go. That will do it for this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast. My thanks again to Jason Powers with us earlier in the show and podcast. Tyler Jones also with us after being at those games in Fort Worth, Texas. For us on College Basketball Coast to Coast, you'll hear from those guys much more as this tournament unfolds. We've got eight more games coming up today with the likes of Arizona and Purdue. Uh, Some of the best teams, Wisconsin, Auburn, uh, that will all be in action. Texas Tech that we talked about, and then that Duke-Michigan State game as well. What's going to happen? Is Coach K get into the Sweet 16, or is this it at the hands of Izzo and Michigan State? We're going to find out. Eight more games on Sunday, then we'll know the Sweet 16. We look forward to all of that, and we'll be back to recap all of it and get ready for the Sweet 16 games this week a little bit later on in the week. But for now, enjoy the Sunday action, and thank you for being with me. I'm TJ Reeves here on College Basketball Coast to Coast.